from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Back with you after a quick little holiday break. Happy New Year to you and yours. And uh, we're certainly uh, very pleased to be uh, with you from Minneapolis, Minnesota today, where the uh, Pelicans are uh, moving along on their road trip. There'll be some dicey travel today as they head for Boston, where there's a blizzard on the way. And uh, we'll see some Pelicans basketball against the Celtics, we hope, tomorrow night. But here after the holiday break, we're uh, also talking Saints, of course. New Orleans and Philadelphia set to go for wild card Saturday. We're going to cover it extensively over the next two days here on the Black and Blue Report. Sean Kelly with you uh, from my hotel room in Minneapolis. Producer Dan is at Studio B on Airline Drive, and we've got a great lineup for you today. We'll hear from head coach Monty Williams in just a moment following uh, last night's loss to the Timberwolves. But coming up and talking Saints football today, Dave uh, Spadero from PhiladelphiaEagles.com will give us some insight on what the Eagles have got going on here as we inch closer and closer to a frigid game on Saturday. The voice of the Saints is always on Thursday. Jim Henderson is a part of today's program. And our special guest today is Heath Evans. He'll be with us in the fourth segment of today's Black and Blue Report. So a lot on our minds today. Uh, It is the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, and that's exactly what we're focusing on here with you uh, on this Thursday uh, from Minneapolis and New Orleans and points beyond. Let's talk Pelicans for a moment, then we'll get to the Saints stuff. Uh, real quick, the Pelicans dropped a 14-16 and 16 last night, and after winning three of their last four, including that great win against Portland at home, uh, last night was a bit of a stinker. They did uh, show better for themselves in the second half. The uh, Pelicans uh, put 39 on the board in the fourth quarter, but uh, ended up falling by 12 in the end. That should give you some idea of how bad it was early. 124-112 to 112 was the final score last night. Minnesota took advantage of uh, 16 first-half Pelicans turnovers and shot the ball, ball very well for the uh, better part of all four quarters. At one point in the third, uh, Minnesota led by 30 points, and uh, their two big guns um, rose to the occasion. They had some sting uh, from their difficult loss to Dallas last time out, in which uh, they kind of got jobbed on a call there at the end of the ball game. ended up losing by two, so... I think we saw an angry Minnesota outfit last night led by Kevin Love and Nikola Pekovic. Uh, Love had 21 points and six rebounds, and Pekovic led all their scores with a 22, and he also had eight points come at the free throw line. And while well, Ryan Anderson had 25 to lead all scores in the game, and the Pelicans, of course, it just wasn't enough. And so the Pelicans now uh, dropped game one of this uh, four-game road trip, and we'll hope to get back on track against Boston on Friday night. So again, New Orleans now 14 and 16. This was head coach Monty Williams right after the loss last night in the uh, Pelicans locker room. How would you describe the way your team played tonight, coach? Well, th- obviously we didn't play well, but uh, you know I'm gonna I'll take the hit on this one because I, I thought our game plan um, was too difficult for our guys tonight. We came up with some some different schemes to try to take love out and pick and rolls and we just gave up way too much dribble penetration that, that's on me I got to keep the game plan a ton more simple than I did against a team like 
Minnesota with some veteran players who know how to uh, make you pay if you make a mistake. Now, obviously, we, we got to play a lot better than we played tonight. Um, and, and a lot of it, you could blame it on youth, you could blame it on whatever you want to, but that, that wasn't it. We just didn't come out and play with the aggression and passion that we had against Portland. Coach, you, you, you try to get a little more complicated because Love is that good of a player, yeah. or you felt like your team was ready to take that I step? I thought we might be ready you know, after what we did against Portland. Um, the way we've been playing in practice, I thought we might be ready for some of the advanced uh, schemes on defense. Uh, we just were not, and um, that's on me. You know, nobody can uh, take credit for that kind of production. Uh, but the head coach, and, and I'll do that every single time when I see our guys that confused on the floor um, midway through the game, I turned to Randy and I said, that's on me. That, that, this is too complicated for them. 16 first-half turnovers. That's not like you guys at all this season. No, but 15 free throws for them is something that, that's hard to swallow, too. I mean, we had a ton of turnovers, and, and we've had high turnover games, but our defense was so good that we were able to overcome it. But, I mean, golly, how many free throws did they have in the first quarter? And 24 for the first half. You know, either we got to go to the basket a lot harder and take advantage of our ability to do so. Um, but this is this is getting old with the free throws. What's the what's the balance between taking some ownership of this yeah. and frustration? Well, th no matter how frustrated you are, and you still have to be real about it. And, and that's the side of me that comes out. You know, the reality is that game plan that I gave them was not. Uh, appropriate for this group. Uh, we should have just kept it as simple as we, we have been and made our adjustments from there. I went to an adjustment right from the jump. So, like I said, I'll take the, the heat on that. Of course, we're going to hear more from head coach Monty Williams tonight on the radio. It is the Monty Williams Radio Show, Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on our flagship station on the Pelicans Radio Network. That's WWL-FM. That's 105.3 FM. Again, 8 o'clock tonight. I'll have more details for you a bit later in uh, today's podcast. All right, let's turn our attention to the Saints. They're getting set for the Philadelphia Eagles. We heard a lot of talk yesterday about uh, new warm-ups for the cold weather, uh, changing up of some food plans for the football team this week and going into the football game, and a whole lot more, including music at practice. Uh, those are some of the uh, storylines from yesterday. We'll dig a little deeper here in just a moment with uh, Jim Henderson, Heath Evans, and up next, Dave Spadero from PhiladelphiaEagles.com. We'll give us some insight from the other side of this matchup in just a moment. Basketball fans of all ages, NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans and tips off with four days of wall-to-wall -wall basketball action. February 13th through 16th, NBA All-Star Jam Session transforms the New Orleans Ernest M. Moriel Convention Center into 40 interactive activities, providing fans an authentic NBA experience where they can test their skills, score free autographs from NBA stars, and pick up the hottest NBA All-Star merchandise. Jam Session is your family's ticket to everything NBA All-Star. Tickets start at $10. Buy yours today at NBAevents.com. Your mission, win your share of up to $3 million in free play and prizes. M-Life presents License to Thrill, only at Beau Rivage. You could win a trip to London, even a new Mercedes E350. Drawings every Thursday and Saturday. Up to 800 winners, so play for the thrill. License to Thrill, you belong 
at the Bow. CM Life Desk for details. Gambling problem? Call 1 9696. Our next guest here on Black and Blue Report has been covering the Philadelphia Eagles since like the 80s. And there's no doubt about that. Dave uh, Spadaro is uh, a worker for uh, PhiladelphiaEagles.com in the sense that he is not only a writer, but also a host of a very similar uh, broadcast called Eagles Live and also a very significant piece of Philadelphia Eagles game day coverage. Uh, Dave, Happy New Year in two respects. One, uh, the calendar year, and two, the postseason is here. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a difference from a year. The, it, the the Black Monday of the NFL that that came and went this year was dramatically different than it was last year when the Eagles and the tenure of Andy Reid ended and the four and twelve season was put in the books and everybody kind of looked ahead and uh, now it's an energized team. It's an energized organization. Chip Kelly, the new head coach, has done wonderful things getting this football team back in the playoffs and and they want more. So Saturday night represents a great challenge against an established, talented. Just outstanding all-around New Orleans Saints team. It wasn't the rosiest start, Dave, uh, you know, for Chip Kelly. There were some growing pains, and I would imagine that a lot of Eagles fans had doubts with regards to the playoffs, say, six to eight weeks into the season. Yeah, three and five in the middle of the season. Nobody was really discussing the playoffs. Now, at that time also, the NFC East was kind of knocking everything back. There's just nobody who jumped up and, and took control of the division. So there was always the idea that, hey, a hot streak could could get you there. But I think at that point, everybody was just wondering, kind of laying the foundation for the future. Who would the quarterback be moving forward? What pieces were in place uh, to build around? Uh, then everything kind of changed, and Nick Foles just played lights-out football, and the defense came to life, and the offense getting it done on, in a variety of ways with LaShawn McCoy on the ground and Deshaun Jackson in the air. And all of a sudden, the Eagles win seven of eight games to finish the season, and, and here we are. So, yeah, Chip Kelly's really done a great job of straightening everything out after some ups and downs early in the year. And uh, this team really believes in itself and, and has played excellent football. And really down the stretch here the last month, uh, in some situations where they knew that if they lose, they're, they're really in trouble, uh, they've responded nicely. Does the steady hand of Foles, uh, Dave, and and the fact that the Eagles won seven of their last eight, does that provide the Eagles with some sense of some swagger or some new personality that maybe didn't exist uh, prior to the quarterback being solidified? Yeah, I think he. I think what he is it, truly, it, he's a second-year quarterback who has an excellent feel for decision making, and I think we've all seen young quarterbacks as they mature. They go through a stage where they, they, they just melt down. They throw a lot of interceptions. They try to invent plays when they're not there. And, and Nick hasn't done that. Nick is, uh, and it really did it last year as a rookie, was very much uh, under control, made good decisions, kept the ball out of trouble, runs the offense well, poised, doesn't get flustered. Uh, he would much rather take a sack than, than throw an interception. Now the next phase of that is throwing it away rather than taking the sack, but that's part of the mature, uh, you know, the maturation process. And uh, and he's also at times been been quite the gunslinger and throwing the football up and let his receivers make plays and has been solid in the fourth quarter. Has led this team back from some deficits. So it's really encouraging in the big picture that the Eagles have a young quarterback that has taken a grasp of the offense, understands it, knows what Chip Kelly wants, studies, works very very hard 
and is not surprised by anything he sees on game days. And when you have a quarterback, as the New Orleans Saints found out when they acquired Drew Brees, when you have a quarterback, you have a chance to win every game, and that's, where, that's the way the Eagles feel. Dave Spadaro from PhiladelphiaEagles.com, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Dave, I got to watch the Eagles a lot early. I was really curious to see how Chip Kelly's offense would translate into the NFL. I haven't seen him so much here of late. How much of that offense has been tweaked as the season has gone along? Has he toned it down? Has it stayed the same? What's, what's the storyline there? Well, they still have the up-tempo. They still will give you the funky formations, the, uh, the overbalanced line, the, um, you know, the motion with Deshaun Jackson all over the formation. I don't think it's toned down at all. I think it's really kind of expanded, actually. I think he's involved more pieces as the season has gone along and taken advantage of the personnel that he has. You know, this is not a finished product by any means. Uh, the Eagles have uh, holes, as every team does, and they're going to be very aggressive in the offseason and address them. But I think Chip is, is a coach that is inventive from game to game and, and within the game. And he'll go, he'll go sh- no huddle, he'll go shotgun, he'll go under center, he'll flex things out, he'll try a first and goal at the six-yard line and bring in Brad Smith to take the direct snap and try to throw back to Nick Foles uh, running the other way. So he'll, he'll mix LaShawn McCoy and Deshaun Jackson and kind of transpose them during the course of a game. And it's, it's really fascinating stuff. So I, I, I look forward to seeing what he has in store for a, a defense that's ranked fourth in the league that brings a lot of pressure from the edges that um, is an excellent defense. And how do the we – we could kind of figure out what Andy Reid was doing. As, as time – went along you knew the Eagles were going to throw the football early and try to get a lead and then and then run it out a little bit and with with chip you, you don't know he could come out and hand the ball off to LaShawn McCoy 12 straight times they've got three good running backs here and they use them all and and that's I think that's really been the key for chip he, he's used all of his roster and they've all really responded to that challenge Dave let's let's flip the uh, script here or flip the field a little bit talk to me about Philadelphia's defense and the challenge they have in Drew Brees and the Saints offense here uh, it's, it's it's the Saints are every bit as complete as the Denver Broncos and you know the Chicago Bears when they came to town they were the second ranked offense in the league in points scored. Drew Brees gets rid of the football very quickly. He sees the field great. He, he understands what defenses are trying to do. He's got unbelievable weapons with Jimmy Graham and Colston and Stills and and Darren Sproles is a versatile player. I, 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 you know, I think that's going to be the big test for the Eagles. How do they stop the Saints? How do they control the Saints or try to contain the Saints? I don't think anybody necessarily stops the New Orleans Saints. And, uh, but the Eagles are going to have to be very sound. And, and how do they generate pressure against a quarterback who gets rid of the football so quickly and so accurately and so decisively? Um, and this is a defense that, that was a 4-3 defense last year, a 3-4 this year, that has really done a good job with personnel probably not totally in place here. They've done a good job playing within the system and being sound. They give up a lot of yards. They haven't given up a lot of points because they've uh, been able to, to play well in the red zone. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Eagles, I mean, this could just be one of those really, this is a really tough assignment for the Eagles defense. I think everybody has all the respect in the world for Drew Brees and, and for what the Saints bring to the table offensively. I, I, I just, I'm really, I don't know, do you blitz Drew Brees? I mean, he kills the blitz. Do you lay back on him? He'll pick you apart. Uh, do you give up the run? Well, the Saints can do that too. Uh, do you do you double Jimmy Graham? Well, sure, try that, and you'll see Marcus Colston and Stills and all these other players knock you down. So, uh, great challenge. Uh, we'll see how, we'll see what happens on Saturday night. Dave, you know the way that we're talking here, one one would say we're in we're in store for a shootout here on Wild Card Saturday, but 
uh, I got to think that the weather plays some factor here, right? Well, it's going to be very cold. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I think the, the kickoff temperature will be in the teens and dropping, and there'll be a bit of a wind. There's always a wind at, at Lincoln Financial Field. So um, the Eagles have practiced outside the last couple of days trying to acclimate, acclimate their bodies to this, and, and there's a bunch of snow on the way here tonight and tomorrow. So um, it's going to be fun football, northeast winter conditions. Dave Spadaro from PhiladelphiaEagles.com with us here on the Black and Blue Report. All right, Dave, I know how folks are fired up in New Orleans about this football game. Give me a sense of what's going on in Philadelphia surrounding this Eagles team and, and the ability to host a playoff game here on a wild card Saturday. Uh, I, the, look, the fans, uh, for, for 14 years with Andy Reid, mostly very good times. The last two years, though, Downtimes really, you know, eight and eight, then four and twelve, and so the hunger and the excitement when Chip came into town was was tremendously high. And then the way the season has gone, it's off the charts. And I think you're going to have a really loud, rabid environment, very hostile environment for the Saints. And Eagles fans are so excited, so thrilled to see this team back in the playoffs. And and the brand of football they play is exciting and unpredictable, and it's just a very likable team. And and the Eagles fans have been hungering for that. So. It's the beginning of an era, and everybody's just, uh, you know, bouncing off the walls these last few weeks. Uh, the the environment when the Bears came to town a couple of weeks ago was incredible. It's going to be like that on Saturday night as well. Dave, one more thing before I let you go. Of course, nationally they're going to cover this game in a certain way, but you can't really get all the storylines unless you're there and on the ground. For Saints fans wondering what's on the ground in Philadelphia, what's the storyline that we're not going to hear uh, in the national outlets that you guys who cover that team day in, day out are going to have uh, covered before we get to the game on Saturday? You know, it's really a big, it's a really a big moment for Nick Foles. I think when, when you've got a young quarterback like that, every step, every new experience is something that you, you monitor. And he was in a playoff situation last week, win, tie, or go home against the Dallas Cowboys. And he responded with a solid effort. And I think with this, it's, to me, it's, it's the, the foundation, the pieces that are in place, who are you going to move forward with? What, what do you lack when you get to the playoffs and you're playing these great teams like the Saints? What do you lack? Um, what do you, where do you need to grow a football team? Where do you need to improve? So, uh, but I'll tell you, from just a fundamental this, this game, it's the Eagles' offensive line is the, is the story. Uh, it's an outstanding group. They've played together every, every snap of the season for the most part, and uh, if they play well, this offense is scary good. Uh, they played that way against the, the Bears, not so much against the Cowboys. They put up 45 offensive points against the, um, against the Bears. Uh, if they play well against the Saints front, uh, it would be real tough for the Saints to stop this offense. Dave Spadaro from PhiladelphiaEagles.com, our guest. You can read his stuff there online. You can also catch, what is it, it's weekdays at noon Eastern, right, Eagles Live? Yeah, weekdays, yep, Week, weekdays at noon Eastern, and uh, we're ready to go today. And then we've got a special on on Saturday at uh, 3 o'clock Eastern time, and then our kickoff show at 7.30 on, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And, you know, it should be a great one on Saturday, and I'm really excited for the, for the Saints to come to town and, and, and have a great, great game. We're excited to be there. Dave, I'd tell you good luck, but then that, that probably wouldn't go over very well. No, it wouldn't go over very well, but uh, it's going to be great football. So that's, that's the big thing. And uh, the Saints, listen, with, with Sean Payton back, it's, it's fun times for them again. And, and what a formidable team, a Super Bowl contender, no question about it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it, Dave. I can look forward to it. And, uh, heck, I may be calling you back up next week. Uh, we'll talk about the game and uh, look back on what I think is going to be a classic on Saturday at Lincoln Financial Field. Thank you. Anytime. 
Dave Spadaro, our guest, or excuse me, Spadaro. I've, I've screwed up his name already. I've been called uh, Dave Spadaro, our guest here on Black and Blue Report. We'll continue on this Thursday right after this quick timeout. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Wednesday, January 8th, when the Washington Wizards come to town. Tip-offs at 7 p.m. with the Pelicans Fast pregame block party getting underway at 5.30 with live music, the Zatoran Season Ticket Garden, and interactive games for the kids. Tickets start as low as $11 and are available by calling 504-525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report on this Thursday. Uh, Heath Evans still to come on uh, this uh, Thursday show, but of course it is Thursday. That means the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, joins us. Uh, Jim, at the risk of insulting a man as worldly, as experienced, and as uh, uh, infallible as yourself, uh, would I insult you in asking if you've made actually a New Year's resolution, even though you probably have nothing to improve on here in 2014? <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my resolution is to be more humble. I don't know if I can keep it, but I'm going to try. You know, I haven't even, haven't even given that a thought. I've been so busy trying to prepare for this game and with the holidays. I haven't even given it a thought. It is New Year's, isn't it? It is. It is. I haven't had to write a check yet, so I haven't screwed up the date uh, as of yet. Uh, that's still to come. Um, but certainly, uh, we turn the page on uh, into 2014, and we're talking playoff football, and that's a good thing, uh, Jim, for a Saints organization uh, that uh, thrives on not only uh, the postseason success that Sean Payton's had, uh, so uh, something continues here in his return, and albeit with a wild card game and uh, and having to have it come down to the last uh, game of the regular season, that stuff doesn't seem to matter now, does it? No, it really doesn't. I mean, we can only predicate the future on the past, and of course you're you're inundated with all the statistics from the season past and the past playoff performances of these two teams, and uh, all of it's really pretty much forgotten after the kickoff. Uh, every game seems to take on a life of its own, an identity of its own, and while we'd like to try to predict how this is going to go by examining the statistics and how well the uh, Saints pass the ball and how poorly the Eagles defend it and how well the Eagles run the ball and how poorly the Saints defend it, uh, at least in comparison to how well they defend the pass. Um, probably in many ways uh, this will not be the factor in the game once it begins. Like I said, it usually takes on a life of its own. When you look at some of those factors that you talked about, Jim, and the fact that this to me is a surprising uh, matchup that I don't think anybody could have predicted halfway through the season, especially when the Eagles were 3-5, and five. Um, uh-huh. does this not fascinate you? This whole Chip Kelly, Nick Foles thing versus the Sean Payton, Drew Brees proven uh, juggernaut? Sure, it really does. I mean, the comparisons between the quarterbacks are obvious, 10 years apart in high school and both going to state championships. So Drew uh, took the time to say this week that his team won it and Nick Foles' team did not uh, coming out of Westlake High School in Austin, Texas. 
But that's a great comparison, not that they're close friends, but obviously where they've come from and the great history of Texas quarterbacks in the NFL. And then you've got Sean Payton, who's probably the acknowledged uh, most uh, masterful offensive mind calling plays in the NFL, right up there among the, uh, the top two or three anyway. And then you've got the newcomer in Chip Kelly, who uh, after the slow start of the Eagles this year, of course the Eagles have a very difficult press corps to deal with, was being mocked as a collegiate coach who could not translate his offensive philosophy to the NFL. And now a lot of those same people are saying, well, he really deserves consideration to be coach of the year. It's amazing. Uh, you know, uh, let's start with yesterday first. Um, what did you make of all the talk yesterday about the Saints changing everything up with regard to playing on the road this week? Very smart idea. And you heard it from the very first thing that came out of the Saints' locker room. Uh, this was obviously going to be the theme, to downplay their lack of success on the road, their lack of success outdoors, their lack of success in cold weather, and I think it's masterful. Whether it pays off in victory or not, I don't know. But, you know, if, if they hadn't done something like that, uh, every day the, the locker room would probably be open and you'd be going in to try to get somebody to comment on it. So you might get five or six players commenting on the lack of success on the road, and you've got five or six reasons in red now in the Saints' psyche as to why they can't win. And now, uh, in what they've done, it's like none of that matters. We can win on the road. And I think Sean has loosened up. I think his approach has loosened up. And I thought this was masterful. Now everybody on the team is saying, well, these are the, these are the reasons we're going to change and these are the reasons we're going to win. And they're also frivolous. But I think it's to lighten the mood and not to play in any more seeds of doubt in their minds that they can win on the road. I think one of the things that wasn't mentioned was Robert Meacham saying they ought to bring Popeyes back on the plane on the charter when they leave. That's something they used to do before Sean's uh, health kick. And so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they'll bring have the rookies go out and get sacks and sacks of Popeyes chicken to take with them on the plane. Anything to uh, try to lighten the mood, uh, try to get the players' off, minds off uh, the task at hand as far as going on the road and winning in inclement weather. Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Jim, you always do a great job of kind of setting the scene uh, at the open of your broadcast. Um, sometimes it's a historical take. Uh, sometimes it's an intangible or a matchup. Uh, I'm, I'm not so sure that you've probably formulated all of it yet, but, uh, gosh, there's so many storylines and angles here. Where do you want to start when you uh, open your mic on Saturday evening? Well, you, I haven't really started writing that yet, but I will later in the day. And uh, in looking at some of the, the prognostications and looking, looking at some of the background, you know, everybody gets on the Saints, the fact that they're 0-5 on the road in the playoffs, 0-3 in the Peyton era. Um, Drew Brees is 0-3 when the temperatures are below 30 degrees. It's supposed to be 15 degrees at kickoff. You talk about playoff droughts on the road. Uh, in 1993, people might remember, I know I do, the Eagles came here and beat the Saints. Bobby Hebert was the quarterback. Eric Allen had a big day. I think they had three interceptions, and Allen had a couple of them. The Eagles came here in 1993 and beat the Saints in the wild card round here. The Eagles hadn't won a road playoff game in 44 years before that day. So um, the Saints drought by comparison is a very short one. And, you know, if, if you can win this game, then you're on to Seattle, and this no longer becomes a big storyline. Yes, Seattle's tough at home. Yes, the Saints haven't won there recently. Uh, yes, it's a very difficult place to play. But the whole storyline uh, gets minimized if the Saints can win on the road in Philadelphia on Saturday night. Should they fail to do so, we'll hear about this all off season long. 
all the way in through the preseason next year and into the start of the regular season. What about weather, Jim? I know that your flight is changing and and your ability to get to the Northeast has been somewhat compromised. Uh, The Saints flying a charter won't have as many headaches as perhaps uh, you and your crew will, but uh, not only only in Philadelphia but the other NFC game this weekend in Green Bay, these are two Mm. games that the weather is going to play a big role in. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Lincoln Financial Field will look like South Beach compared with Lambeau Field this weekend, where I think that the temperature is going to be about 4 degrees with a wind chill of about 15 below is what they're forecasting. So uh, that's one reason to uh, be thankful that you're going to Philadelphia and not to Green Bay because the San Francisco 49ers are in for a lot of fun up there. What's the worst weather you've broadcast from? Never in any really big snowstorms. Uh, late in 89, I remember some snow on the road when John Forcade was the quarterback late in the year, and the Saints won in those conditions. Might have been at Buffalo. I'd have to go back and look at it. We have played the Jets and the Eagles in the Northeast in the month of December where there have been temperatures. Uh, I remember one game against the Jets uh, in old Shea Stadium where I think the temperature was in single digits at kickoff. So it's not fun. You have to make sure that your uh, your feet are warm, but this stadium, although we haven't been there since uh, – playing there back in 09, and that was in the fall. I'm sure with a relatively new stadium, there'll be at least some access to heat. So you just get ready for it, prepare for it, and uh, enjoy the experience. It's going to be exciting. I really think this game is going to be fascinating on Saturday. The more I dig in here, Jim, that this is the one, and I know I'm biased because, you know, working for the Saints and, and following the black and gold, I know I'm biased, but out of the four playing, being played this weekend, this one strikes me as the – as the most maybe evenly matched and yet unpredictable at the same time. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a great matchup. Um, some other stuff I've been covered in, in getting ready for this game. Since the NFL expanded the 12 team playoff in 1990, only two wild card number six seeds have ever made it to the Super Bowl. Of course, the Saints are a number six seed. That would have been the 2005 Steelers and the 2010 Packers, but they both won. And the last number one seed to make the Super Bowl. Uh, all to make it to the Super Bowl was back in 2009, and that was the Saints. Six of the last eight Super Bowl winners didn't have a first-round bye. So those are all encouraging things on the Saints' behalf. No doubt. All right, Jim, uh, safe travel to you. Uh, warm hands and feet for you on Saturday. Um, and I have to uh, confess that I wrap up our segment today as I blew it to end the regular season. I did not work skeevy into my broadcast, as you challenged me last week. And so for the season, I think that we're both uh, minus two. <laughs> in a turnover differential? Yes, yes. Well, so. shall we, end it, shall we end, it in, end it in a tie? That I always like to do that playing tennis. You know, if, uh, if I've lost the first set and we've won the second, I usually find a way to quit so I don't have to go home a loser by losing the third. Shall we just call it a tie and resume our match next year? I think so. I think that's smart, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to disrespect the NFL playoffs by having you cram some of my silly words into your broadcast on Saturday. Well, uh, I feel the same way about you. You've got a tough road uh, <laughs> trip ahead. Stay warm yourself, my friend. It's uh, that time of the year. I hope that we're talking again next week. That means football continues for the black and gold. Me too. All right, Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints, will have the call on Saturday, of course, from Lincoln Financial Field. As we get closer and closer now, it's uh, very, very exciting. Saints and Eagles this weekend on Wild Card Saturday. Stay tuned. Heath Evans is our next guest here on this Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report.
Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Our next guest here on the Black and Blue Report is familiar to anybody in black and gold, of course. That's Heath Evans, former NFL uh, fullback, former New Orleans Saint, among uh, other teams, originally drafted by the Seattle Seahawks. He is an analyst now for the NFL Network and the NFL on Fox. He's gracious enough to join us here before Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. Heath, Happy New Year to you. I know you're excited about probably a new year and the postseason as well. Well, there's, uh, man, a lot to be excited about. I love this time of year. You know, you you basically get to a point real quick where you're studying eight football teams and you get the best of the best. And most of the time our matchups, you know, it's those, you know, fine little intricacies of the game that, that separate them. And I think that is kind of as a player what you live for, to be prepared. And that one crucial moment that's going to change the game for your team that allows you to move on or potentially go home if someone messes it up. So um, saying I'm jacked uh, is probably an understatement. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, before we dig too deep in here, first of all, happy birthday. Uh, it was earlier this week, wasn't it? Yeah, December 30th. You know, it's, uh, it's funny. When I was a kid, I always got more presents. You know, and now that I'm older, I think everybody just forgets about me. So, well, uh, listen, uh, my wife and two girls made me happy, so other than that, I'm good. Outstanding. Uh, speaking of your wonderful family and your life here after football, um, I I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how things were going with the Heath Evans Foundation. Well, you know what, we're, we've kind of started to do things from a very private setting. Overhead for running a charity is absolutely, um, I don't want really to call it ridiculous because it was well worth it, but uh, you know, we're basically just raising money now um, privately for, for the same efforts to try to battle childhood sexual abuse. Uh, the foundation we kind of moved away from to spare the hundreds of thousands of dollars that went into overhead every year. Well, keep an eye on that, Heath, and if there's anything we can do to help, let us know, please, as you uh, have moved forward with what's been a wonderful mission for that foundation. Um, Heath, as we get ready for the wild card weekend, let me lean on you and uh, your playing days. Help me get inside Sean Payton's locker room right now as they get set for this road game at Philadelphia. Wow. You know, it, it's tough. I mean, they've obviously <laughs> – I, I watched all the stuff yesterday – John and Drew and all the guys talking about changing the color of the Gatorade and different sweatpants and, you know, the beefy mac and cheese for Drew. And, you know, um, I know enough to leave the guys alone this time of week, so I haven't had any one-on-one -on -one conversations with the guys in the locker room because I know the pressure and what's at hand this week. But, you know, I think Sean is, you know, he's one of those guys that I think is great at keeping his finger on the pulse of the team. And I think that's what makes him um, a great head coach. And so, I think this week, knowing you're going on the road, I think probably half the rhetoric we've been hearing is a way to kind of 
disassociate themselves from their struggles on the road. Um, I, I'm sure they've taken them very seriously. I think they look at them and they know the exact reason why they have, and they're trying to go about fixing that. And the one thing I love about Sean is he's very in-your-face and, he, and he's very um, confrontational to the people that need that confrontation. So guys that have been falling short or maybe position groups that have been falling short, um, it's probably going to be a long, hard week for them, and they'll be rewarded nicely with a win if they go out there and do uh, what Sean told them to do. Heath, let's face it, nobody in the, in the NFL is at full health in the month of December. But for those teams that get to advance the postseason, does it give you a little bit of a bump? Do you get some rejuvenation? Absolutely. Well, and, and the guys that get the bye week, I mean, those the one and two seeds from the AFC and the NFC, I, you know, I've been in the position where, you know, you got to win three games to, to get to the Super Bowl, and I've been in position a couple times where you get that first-round bye, and uh, that bye is very helpful. You know, if you have the right staff and – um, the right type of veteran leadership on your team that can, you know, make you buy into really resting and saving yourself is huge. Uh, for teams, you know, obviously like the Eagles and the Saints, um, you get that extra burst of energy just because this is the NFL playoffs, and there's there's nothing like it. I mean, when our Monday night football games and our Sunday night football games beat the ratings of, you know, the World Series a few months ago, um, those are regular season games, and this is playoffs, and this is, I think what our, our country lives for, and even internationally speaking now, um, all eyes are on the NFL this weekend. So if you can't get jacked up and feel good for this, uh, man, you've got something wrong with you. Heath Evans, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Heath, what's the coldest football game you've ever played in? <laughs> uh, the Frozen Tundra in um, 2003. My Seahawks uh, went to, uh, to Green Bay. And it was one of those games where the wind chill made it feel far worse than what it really was. And uh, it was brutal. It's one of those ones where you constantly try to keep the Vaseline on your face and on your lips so you're not blistering and basically uh, going on with a, a chapped and cut-up face. But, uh, yeah, between the wind and uh, just the uh, blizzardy-type conditions, uh, it, it can be absolutely miserable to play in if you're not a, a mentally tough individual, to say the least. You mentioned the Vaseline. What are the other tricks? How do you how do you cope? That's a good question. As an offensive guy, it's a lot harder because as a defensive guy, you can take that Vaseline and right, wipe it all up and down your arms. Don't have to wear sleeves, and it kind of keeps that heat locked in your pores. But as an offensive guy, you don't want anything slippery or wet uh, on your arms because you never know when you're going to be touching the ball. So um, I, I kind of lather the Vaseline on my chest, and I always, for me, if I could keep my my torso warm, the rest of me stayed warm. A lot of guys struggle with their feet getting cold. I never had that issue. Um, but it is. It's just try to – my thing is, is try to keep your mind as uh, preoccupied as you can on the game. And, you know, we get all those sheets when you come off to the sideline. Uh, you have the heaters there as well. But sometimes the heaters can – I almost found that they they'd almost deaden your muscles. If you go – if you have the defense on the field for – you know, a three, four, five minutes staying drive, and you're just sitting on that heater for, you know, five minutes of, of game time, um, you almost feel sluggish when you get off it. So I think after 10 years, you start to finally figure out what works for you and what doesn't. But for three hours, you know, most of the time you're thinking about getting the W, and that cold doesn't feel quite as cold as it should. Heath, another four games this weekend, uh, but our focus here, uh, as you might expect, is Saints and Eagles. Other than the weather, what's top of mind about this matchup between Sean Payton and Chip Kelly's teams on Saturday? 
um, spacing for Rob Ryan's defense. You know, what, what Chip does is, you know, honestly, as, as well as I've seen, and I've played for some great OCs, and obviously in Sean Payton, who I believe the, the concepts are different, but the idea is the same. I mean, Sean always wanted you to have to defend every square inch of the field. You know, we were going to have a deep route. We were going to have short routes. We were going to have back out of the backfield that could catch the ball. And we were really going to space you thin. So if you brought some type of blitz or pressure, you know, Drew would be able to see it quickly and, and know where his open target was. Well, I think Chip Kelly, not from the protection sense, but just for what he demands out of the defense from each play, um, you know, they are going to space you thin. They're going to have guys basically in every corner of the field and then have someone underneath as well with their five eligible. So um, it, it's the ability of Rob Ryan um, to be able to adjust, uh, to be able to get his guys in the right place. And then Cameron Jordan and the boys and Junior Gillette have got to find a way uh, to get consistent pressure on Nick Foles facing, you know, two very good tackles. Heath Evans, our guest here, he uh, also played at Auburn. Before I let you go, Heath, uh, I know it's good stuff for your analysis of the NFL, but how about Auburn in the national championship game at the college football level? Are you excited about that? I'm excited. You know, it's um, you know I always say I call it like I see it. You know, with Auburn, we, we do one thing great. We run the football. Uh, we've struggled to stop the run. We've struggled to stop the pass. I think we're pretty good on special teams, and um, we struggle to throw the ball at times. And so you look at giving Jimbo Fisher and all his athletes, a, you know, a month plus to prepare for what we do, um, our guys are going to have to be very sound. And, you know, Gus, uh, he is – There's if you watch our games, there's, you know, four or five different run plays that we just run 20 different times from different sets. So um, our guys are going to have to be tough. Um, no one's been able to stop that run game yet, including Alabama. So I don't think uh, Florida State's going to be able to do it either. Hopefully this will be a big win for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, we'll see about that. Heath, does your wife realize that with uh, wild card weekend, with games Saturday, Sunday, and then Auburn on Monday, that you're pretty much going to be unbearable to be around for the next three or four days? Well, I think she'd probably say it's been that way all season. The girls know, you know, in our home, Ava and Naomi, nine and seven. You ask them, do they love football? They're like, no, but we love what it gives us. So, um, they, there's Beth will sit down and watch the Auburn stuff with me, and she actually enjoys a lot of the NFL stuff. So, uh, she's she's my uh, my my film study buddy half the time. So, uh, the, the two little ones, they're not so happy about the weekend ahead. He's one of our favorites. That's Heath Evans of the NFL Network and the NFL on Fox, former Saint, former Seahawk, former Patriot, former Dolphin. The resume is long, Heath. I appreciate you joining us. I hope you enjoy the football all weekend long. Well, thanks for having me. You guys too. That's Heath Evans with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll wrap up this Thursday edition here in just a moment. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. 
Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Tomorrow we'll continue our conversation, of course, about the Saints and Eagles and Wild Card Saturday. John DeShazer, senior writer from NewOrleansaints.com, will join us for uh, Friday's Black and Blue Report. Also on tomorrow's program, Judy Batista of the NFL Network and NFL.com. She's going to get us up to speed on what's going on with the coaching carousel around the NFL and uh, help us also preview Wild Card Saturday. She'll be in attendance on Saturday at Philadelphia. And so she's got a keen interest in conversing with us about Saints and Eagles for Saturday. And John Marks up in Philadelphia, also part of tomorrow's program. Don't forget, Pelicans basketball is the talk tonight on WWL-FM. It's the Monty Williams radio show. We'll have that for you kind of almost in transit between Minneapolis and Boston. That's a 30-minute radio magazine program with our weekly extensive visit with the Pelicans head coach. You won't want to miss that. And if uh, if you can't make it at 8, we'll play some of that for you dur- during tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. But we'll, we'll ask that you catch the whole program tonight, 8 to 8.30 on WWL-FM. Uh, hopefully you have a great and safe rest of your Thursday. We'll be traveling uh, up to Boston where it is uh, – Looking like 12 to 18 inches of snow. That should be interesting enough. And then we'll talk to you tomorrow from Boston as we talk Pelicans and Saints right here on the Black and Blue Report. Our thanks to Heath Evans today, Jim Henderson, Dave Spadaro, and head coach Monty Williams, too. Producer Dan holding down the Fort and Studio B on Airline Drive in New Orleans. And for all those involved in the broadcast that I failed to mention, we say thank you and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Don't forget the Black and Blue Report comes your way each weekday. Anytime afternoon central, it's called No Appointment Radio. And you can find it on your desktop at NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, on the team's mobile apps, Pelicans mobile app and Saints mobile app, and uh, available still free for you on iTunes. That'll do it for us on this Thursday. We're looking forward to a great weekend of Saints and Pelicans, and we hope that you'll join us for tomorrow's program as we discuss even further. I'm Sean Kelly. Safe Thursday to you and yours. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.